financial coach Ron Hebert joins us for another edition of Making Money, the show that tries to give you some financial literacy if you're a new investor, even if you're seasoned. We might touch on some things that you were not aware of previously that can help you to balance out your portfolio and prosper even more. Ron, welcome back. We're going to do the second part of Keep It Simple Investing, the KISS strategy. We'll eliminate the stupid part. Uh, this one is more about stocks now. We, t- we covered ETFs last time around, and you can listen to that show for some clarification and then pick it up here in the logical progression. So we're relating now just to stocks, correct? Correct. So and we start in the TSX? or Yeah, we'll start with actually the Timely 10 strategy. Okay. And Investment Quality Trends is an investment newsletter that tracks blue-chip and U.S. Uh, blue-chip companies. And also, it has some Canadian names and actually a few international names in there as well. And these companies pay dividends and historically grow in them. And out of this universe, they pick 10 stocks each month that they believe represent the best value and growth prospects. So you're going to have to pay for this newsletter. And it's about 200 and um, for once a month, it's about 220 U.S. dollars a year, which is cheap to pay for uh portfolio research of this quality. This portfolio has outperformed the S&P 500 over the last five years by one and a half percent a year, and it's rebalanced and reconfigured once a month. So if you want to own stocks and you just don't want to sit there for an entire year, this is a portfolio that takes some of the best names that increase their dividends, and it takes the 10 best out of their research um, universe, and it puts them up every month. So usually five or six of them are the same. So it's not like you're turning your portfolio over every month, but there's a few names that change. So if you want to be a little more active, uh, this is a way to go. The timely 10 strategy. Okay. Now beating the TSX. TSX had a pretty good year in 2022, did it not? Yeah, it had a great year simply because of the fact that uh, we have a higher weighting in energy stocks than many of the other indexes do around the world. And of course, uh, oil and gas had a blowout year because of the, the Ukraine war. Russia yeah. in attacking, attacking Ukraine, you know. So it was a great year for, for that. And of course, a lot of people like to keep their money in Canadian dollars. And you can understand that because if you get into other currencies, he always has the risk that the um, you got other that currencies haircut go, right off the top, right? Yeah, 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 you get that financial haircut when you see your dollar uh, or, or the foreign currency go down 20 or 30% against the dollar. So what the strategy is, Gord, is it's uh, developed by uh, David Stanley and publicized in the Canadian Money Saver. And it's a Canadianized version of Dogs of the Dow. And if you want to be familiar with that strategy, Michael O'Higgins uh, wrote a book, I think it was 30 years ago, called Beating the Dow. And when applied to Canadian stocks, is sometimes even referred to as the dogs of the TSX. And how it works is uh, it has a very simple methodology. You take the S&P TSX 60 index, and that's the index of the highest quality uh, stocks in Canada, and you sort them by dividend yield. So you put the highest dividend yield stocks at the top and the lowest dividend yield stocks at the bottom. Uh, Then you take the highest yielding stocks, the 10 highest of these stocks, and you compress them in a list, and then you put equal dollar values in each one of those. 
And if during a year, if one of the stocks cuts its dividend, then you sell it and replace it with the next member on the reconstituted list on the date of the cut. And then once a year, and typically this is December 31st, uh, you do this all over again. Now, over 25 years, the 10 stock uh, beat the TSX portfolio, has outperformed the TSX 18 times, underperformed six times, and tied once. So it's got a very good average of uh, giving you better uh, returns in the TSX. And if you take a look at the return versus the index, this portfolio um, has averaged over the last 25 years 12.4% versus 9.6% for the index. So it's beat the returns of the TSX 60 index by 29%. That's very significant. So uh, if you want more information on this, uh, there's a, a website. It's called finicky.org, F-I-N-I-C-K-Y.org. And the title is called Beating the T- TSX. So if you want to do some more research, um, that's a good place to start. Okay, well, this was born, I, I would suppose, of the origin of the dogs of the Dow, right? Yes. And what they found is that over the last 10 or 20 years, there's so many people have been using the dogs of the Dow that it, it hasn't worked as well as it has in the past. So someone came out with the dogs of the Dow X portfolio. And instead of the 10 stocks with the highest dividend yield of the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is 30 names, uh, you go with seven of them. And they're bought once a year, and here again, held for 12 months. And if you want information on the Dogs of the Dow X, go to dogsofthedow.com, and there's pages of research there that you can do your own homework. And in the back test period between December 31st, 1999 and December 31st, 2019, it generated a 10.8% compound annual growth rate, which significantly outperformed the S&P 500. So it's basically a variance of finding the stocks that have the highest dividend, but instead of going with 10 of them like the dogs of the Dow, you're now down to seven and you reconstitute this portfolio once a year. Okay. It, it seems it, it seems simple, Ron. Is, do we overthink this approach sometimes, or what? I think a lot of people overthink investing, and uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that we've talked about, one of the things that I've tended to do in my own portfolio, Gord, is I find a good name, a company that I would like to hold for very long periods of time. So. You know, in my own portfolio, I've got names like Nestle's, which I've held for over 20 years. I've got uh, Royal Bank in my portfolio, which I've had for two decades. And there's lots of names in my own portfolio where I've had for 20 or 30 years. And I don't try to jump in and out. I don't try to trade a lot. I try to keep it simple by finding names I can hold on to for longer periods of time. And generally, I found that the more complicated a person's strategy is, the less well or the more significant losses they take over time. And so what these strategies are, these are just simple ways that an individual can be get very competitive returns that have proved themselves over very long periods of time and an investor can use, um, instead of paying very, very high fees, Uh, these are strategies that the average individual with a little bit of financial acumen can perform themselves. 
I recall a line you used on me probably 35 years ago. We were talking about a stock. I said, what do you think? Should I buy this? Buy it, put it in a drawer, and forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. That was your line, right? That's usually my, you know, there are some stocks. I mean, if you're in oil and gas, if you're going to be in tech, there are some sectors that... You've got to pay attention, yeah. You've got to pay attention because they have big ups and downs. But, you know, Pepsi's another name I've owned for decades. And the company just keeps grinding away. The earnings get better and better all the time. Berkshire Hathaway is another name I've owned forever. And these are companies that, uh, you know, I pay attention to them. It's not like I just uh, block them from my memory. But these are names that I hold on to for long periods of time. And why do I do this strategy? Because it's simple and it works. Okay, dogs of the Canadian banks. One of the most highly regarded sectors in all of investing, I think, are Canadian banks, aren't they? If Canadians have a love-hate relationship with any sector, it is the banks. You see them standing in line, grumbling continuously about the high fees and about the fact they have to wait in line, and it's hard to get a loan, and that goes on and on. But when it comes to investing in them, Canadians have a love affair with their banks. And uh, that love affair has been proven out by just the long-term performance of the, the Canadian banking sector, which uh, we've had far less of these wicked periods of, of reconstruction and bankruptcy like has taken place in U.S. banks over well over 100 years. Our banks have been very, very stable. And what this strategy does, it simply has two steps for it. Number one, you buy the bank that underperformed the most in the preceding calendar year. And then at the end of the year, you sell it if necessary and replace it with the new bank that uh, performed the worst. So all you have to do is is take a look at how much it, uh, the one that went up the least or, or down the most is the one that you want to add to your portfolio. Uh, the investment strategy for 2023 would suggest to buy Bank of Nova Scotia. It was down 25.9% in 2022. And you look at the results, and the results have been amazing. Uh, the dog of the bank strategy has earned about 13.5% versus the big six average return of 105 And that's over a long period of time. This generated a performance of about 3% better than just buying the an index of Canadian banks and holding on to them, you know. So the strategy outperformed the banking sector uh, on average in 22 out of 37 years. So it doesn't work all the time, but it works enough of the time. And when it works, it works big. So, you know, to get outperformance by 3% a year over the last 37 years, that's, uh, that's big returns. So if you want to trade a little more, uh, the dog of the Canadian bank strategies has usually been a pretty good strategy. Okay, now we're going to keep in the dog theme. We're going to go to the the tough one, the tough guy of the block, the Dobermans of the Dow. Now, the Dobermans of the Dow is an alternative to the widely followed dogs of the Dow strategy, whereas the dogs of the Dow uh, only rank stocks by their dividend yield. The Doberman screens uh, high-quality companies using uh, other valuation metrics. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into this, but you take the 30 Dow stocks and you rank them by return on equity. And return on equity is simply um, you take the net income that the company earns and you divide it by the shareholder's equity. And the shareholder's equity is assets minus debt. 
Now, you don't have to do these calculations. If you uh, go to virtually any research site, um, you'll find that the ROE, as it's called, return on equity, uh, you can find that number. So you're just going to have to find 30 ROEs and rank them. And uh, then when you've done that, you you keep the companies that have had the highest return on equity. In other words, they tend to be the most profitable. Now you rank these remaining 20 names by their free cash flow, which is just a, a metric of how much profitability they have. It's a different metric other than earnings. And so this, then you divide that, it's called free cash flow or free cash flow per share. And so here again, you can go to the financials or go to uh, Yahoo or, or finance or a lot of other sites and they'll have the uh, free cash flow yield uh, right there. And so you take the uh, companies that out of this 20 names they have left, you take the top 10 and these are the ones that you invest in and then you reset once a year with your new picks. Now, the returns here again have been very, very good. Since 2000, the Doberman portfolio rebalance annually has generated a cumulative return of 810%, which is more than double the long-term performance of the Dow, uh, the S&P 500, and even the dogs of the Dow. So it's, it's one of those reconstituted formulas that works. Now, Typically, what will happen is after a while, these different strategies, some of them can run out of gas, especially the ones that are getting way better returns than the market is is producing because everybody piles into them. But as the returns come down to more normal, people jump out of them and go on to other strategies. So uh, especially something that's outperformed a lot, you can expect in like this one, the Dobermans of the Dow, it's outperformed the market by double, that uh, you'll find that probably over time, this performance edge will shrink because a lot of people are going to be jumping in to, to do this. So there are some cautions with these, all seven of these, uh, or five stock portfolios and the ETF portfolios we talked about, is that these portfolio strategies don't perform well every year, and sometimes they can underperform for a number of years. So if you're going to follow one of these strategies, you definitely have to be patient. But uh, even though we talked about some kind of complex stuff here, especially in that latter one, in the Dobermans of the Dow, it's still a simple strategy that you have to do a little bit of homework, but you're not going to be spending hours every week pouring over your portfolio, right? No, I mean, for even the Dobermans of the Dow, which is uh, more complex, uh, or the bridesmaid portfolio, um, you're probably going to have to spend maybe a day or or so putting together um, all the calculations to make this work. But if you look at how much time most people spend on their portfolios, this is still a very, very small amount of time compared to what uh, a stock jock will put in often you know, 10, 20 hours a week they spend studying stuff uh, so that they can find uh, appropriate buys for their portfolio. So these portfolios are all designed to, they've historically uh, provided decent returns, but they haven't required a lot of work. So there you go. Some sage financial advice from the financial coach, Ron Hebert. We're back again next week with another edition of Making Money. Uh, This one's kind of like going to the casino, this one, Ron, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, the the one we're going to be uh, 
uh, talking about uh, next week is we're going to be talking about short selling. And short selling is simply um, taking advantage of stocks when they go down. And um, typically, when you listen to some of these financial shows, they're always talking about short selling, but they're not giving a lot of uh, real in-depth of how it works. And so we're going to be studying not only how much money you can make, but the risks involved with it. So this will be a very good show. If you've thought about short selling, about taking advantage of markets when they go down, you want to know how to do it, but you want to also know what the risks are. All right, back next week with another edition of Making Money. We will join you then. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.